Hi, I'm Jen Grecki, the CEO and co-founder of Coalition Snow. On any given day, you might find me on the back of a motorcycle in Africa, chipping away at the patriarchy, or playing in the mountains. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. I'm a high school teacher, and when I'm not in the classroom, you can find me on the mat, on the trail, or skiing 12 months a year around the world. What we've learned over the years is that despite how good that epic powder day or trail ride is, there's still so much more to talk about. So what we're doing is taking those conversations that we start on the chairlift and the trail, and we're delivering them to you in juicy bits every few weeks. As modern outdoor women, we do more than get dirty outside. We are complex, adventurous, and intellectual. And so are you. So subscribe today. Check out our campaign on Patreon and get ready to blush, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is brought to you by Coalition Snow, a women's outdoor company making equipment and apparel designed to deconstruct the status quo. FYI, friends, this podcast contains mature content and may not be appropriate for younger ears. You've been warned and enjoy the show. Jillian, that scarf is something that I want to wrap around my neck right now. Did you just get your haircut? Your bangs look great. When I listen to you talk about the way that you teach, I'm blown away by your professionalism. You are an incredibly smart businesswoman. You were able to find a man who deserved you. How am I going to top that? You satisfy yourself with the men you find in your life. Sorry, Jen's got a great sex life. So I do. I'm not that I don't, but I just think we maybe we take that one out. No, I'm gonna take that as a compliment. I I I meant it as a compliment. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of value in in compliments. And I think it's really nice when I don't know how smart everything was that just came out of my mouth, but it was complimentary and it was sincere. And I think when smart things come out of people's mouths, it's just and we need to do more of that. We need to do more of that. It's true. But when when we think about topics for a podcast, um, talking about all the smart things that people say to us doesn't necessarily make for good content. It's just not necessarily as funny. So what we're going to do today is talk about all the things you should stop saying to women. Ooh. ooh yes. Yeah. Okay, the okay. shit that you think you're saying that is a compliment that actually is not. And we're going to go over that today. And- Think of this as our PSA for humankind of shit to stop saying to women. So, Jillian, start us off here. Um, so we've drilled this down. We might have our top 10, maybe top 9 for you today of things that shouldn't come out of your mouth in 2018 or ever. So, let's start with this one. You're at a wedding. You're at the singles table. Oh, don't worry. You just haven't found the right one. Is that ever, is that anyone ever said that to you, Jen? This gets said to me probably every time that I go to a wedding. And what's fascinating about it is that the people who are saying it are actually trying to be nice. They're saying the reason why you're not paired off yet has nothing to do with any sort of flaws about you. It's all about the other people. You just haven't found the perfect match yet. But what it does is it sort of reduces life to this stereotypical, you're only successful or you can only be happy if you find someone that you can marry. And what we know is that there's a lot of people on this planet who 
don't look at marriage as an institution that they want to be a part of. Um, there are other people who are choosing alternative lifestyles and don't necessarily need the single person. For me personally, I'm 40, I'm not married, and that's been an active choice that I've made and I'm happy about it. And if I wanted to change that, I would work as hard on finding someone to marry as I do on everything else. And I'm sure that I would find one. So I don't need this as a compliment. I'm okay with myself. When you see a woman not married at a wedding, don't feel sorry for her. Chances are she's fine. If you're taking notes, um, you can just put that down. You haven't found the right one. Strike through. Don't say that anymore. Just say hi. Mm. Just hi. How's it going? That could also be a good thing to say at a wedding. Pity party, done. Done mm-hmm. with it. Next one. Okay. This one really, this one hits home. You look so good for your age. Ouch. So what if you just said, you look so good? I would take that as a mm-hmm. compliment. Yeah, you do. You look good. Thank you. You look good too. And the, the thing the thing that's like so weird about this, like you look so good for your age is like for some reason when women get old, we're not supposed to look good. So the fact that we are old and look good is like some major shock of like, oh my God, how's that possible? Because when women age, they're not beautiful a- anymore. That's how I, I, I take that. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's... It's not really, um, how would I say, kind of celebratory of getting older, which I would argue is problematic because I've enjoyed my life, but it's only getting better as I'm getting older. And so I think that connection with you looks so good for your age. Oh, you're getting older. Like, ah, death is looming. I just think it's a, I think it's just a little <laughs> bit of a toxic approach. So again, for the note takers out there, because you know there's like a couple that which we appreciate because um, some people should be taking notes right now. Probably the people who are taking notes are not the people who need to be taking notes, but maybe you can be taking notes for people and just like putting them on their windshields or dropping like dropping it on their computer or something, just like doing people a solid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just say you look so good and you just drop off that for your age. I think that's actually a prepositional phrase and just get we don't rid need of that. It. Yep. Okay. For, yeah. Yeah. Newsflash. We don't need to focus on our age at all, whether we're young or old. Just drop the age. It's never going to get you anywhere. Okay, up next. Congratulations on your project. Uh, Newsflash, it's a company and I'm not playing in the sandbox anymore. Are you? Now, we all know how many of us have worked so hard at our businesses, at our degrees, on our nonprofits, and it gets reduced to a project. Now, there's nothing wrong with a project if that's what it truly is. To me, a project is something that's sort of short term. It has a clear start, a clear end. You have projects within something bigger. But I have so many times had people, and I will, I'm just going to say it, primarily men who are much older than me will be like, wow, your project is so cool. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, I've got a cap table and financials and investors and like a business license and bank accounts and all kinds of shit that I'm pretty sure projects don't have. But thanks that that's what you think that when women come together and put something together that we're like only capable of having a project versus something that's actually legitimate. And I don't know. And this would be interesting. Jillian, do you think that men are congratulated on their projects? No, no, I do not. Mm. Um, I would actually 
venture, and this could be a bold leap, but I'm going to guess even if a male was working on a project, say, you know, not to stereotype it, like a home repair project or something like that, it would probably get elevated to a, like, great job on your remodel. And it's like, Mm. no, you're fixing the deck. That's a project. (laughs) You know, I just, I think that that happens. And I think it's, again, it, it speaks to things we've touched on in earlier episodes with some of our, um, you know, societal dynamics and uh, some of that internalized sexism that exists. And so, yeah, I would I would find that most men's experiences probably be elevated. And I can say, you know, things that I'm involved in, I actually like inquiries use where someone poses, hey, what is that that you're involved in? It's fair if someone doesn't know. Maybe, That's true. Maybe to some people... Coalition Snow is a ski company that they're not familiar with. So it's totally fair to ask. That's very different than reducing it to something other than it is. Agreed. And that's a really good lesson is sometimes it's better to ask questions and let someone else tell you something rather than just making assumptions here. So this one, I'm going to send this one to you, Jillian. So next thing, things that people say, it's so cool that your husband helps around the house. Uh, Ah. Well, yeah, he, he lives there too. And I actually want to give that one to the um, Everyday Sexism Project. I really like their work. I follow them on Instagram. And it's one of those pieces, you know, when you cohabitate with someone that you love. And um, in my case, they happen to be of the opposite gender. And I grew up in a fairly gender-specific house. So there's a lot of practices I've had to unlearn because of things I watched my loving mother do, my loving father do. Just different times. And it's really important to me to be able to have those open and productive and thoughtful conversations with my partner. And so when people will acknowledge him for being so helpful as he is, it's not really complimentary. It, it almost kind of like I want to spin it back to them. And I want to even, you know, take this a step further of like, it's so cool that your husband helps with the kid. And we're not there yet. We have our first um, baby coming this spring, but I'm like, of what do you mean they help? Like, since when is it not kind of a partnership. And so I think you have to be careful with that as it being complimentary or further digging us into some gender roles that don't help us advance. Because it should just be normal that the other human being who lives in your house helps clean up. And so if we're actually complimenting men, we're also, that's also really saying that men aren't capable of being full partners in the home. So it actually does a disservice to them as well as to women that were supposed to be doing everything in the home. Moving along here, one of the things you, you want to not say to women, your life will have so much more meaning when you have kids. Jen, would you, would you speak to that, please? Yeah, it's amazing because I have this deep, dark hole inside of my heart. And I'm so happy when people point it out to me. Are you fucking kidding me? Once again, childless by choice. Women are incredibly intelligent and powerful human beings. And many of us don't have children because we don't want to. And the beautiful thing about feminism and about equality is that we get to make our own choices. So I'm sitting here right now with Jillian, obviously. She's getting ready to have a kid. I am not getting ready to have a kid. And in our relationship, neither one of us thinks that the other person is worse off because we don't judge people that way. And when people say it to me, and I'm sure other women who don't have kids might feel the same way, 
when someone tells me that my life is going to have more meaning when I have kids, I want to say to them, like, do you pay attention to what I do? Like, I don't know. There's this thing called LinkedIn. You could go there. You'd get my professional rundown. Or you could, like, hop on to Facebook where you see some of, like, the interactions. Or the Instawebs would give you these, like, you know, instant gratification of all the amazing things that I do. So what is it that we're saying about women that you only have meaning if you have kids when there's actually so many things in this world that can give you joy. And once again, like if I wanted to have kids, I would have them. The other thing that's really difficult about this, there are women who don't have kids because they can't. And so imagine if you're saying this to them, like, oh, when, when you have kids, your life will have so much more meaning. And what if you're saying that to a woman who can't have a kid? You don't even know. It's like the same thing when you ask someone, like, how they're doing when they're pregnant and maybe they're just overweight. You have no clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about a mutual friend of ours who was in that exact situation at one of our um, supper clubs who actually moved from, you know, kind of the language around being, I think, child-free, she put it, because that Mm -hmm. was kind of her experience. And it was, they couldn't have children. And she really wanted them. She looked for that. It was like Mm -hmm. something kind of positive. And that constant reminder, as you put it, or the way people would just say kind of with a value judgment. So again, this is shit that should not come out of your mouth in 2018 or ever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Another one that happens, and this was recently brought up, by a friend of ours who's in a profession and um, when you're recognized in a public setting for your professional achievements but you're complimented on your looks rather than your brains right so you're brought up to you know largest sales of the month or, or strongest gains in the company profile and as you're there you're complimented on your shoes or how fucking great your hair looks and we're missing the point of the achievement When someone calls you up on stage and you're actively receiving an award or a certificate or even just like a pat on the back, you should be complimenting the person on why it is that they're standing up there, not on their pantsuit. And like, let's be like, do we all, we all like to be complimented on the way that we look. Everyone likes it. Like, and so, but this comes back to context. There's a time and a place in a professional setting. You don't really need to talk about the way that people look and there's this thing that's been happening. It's called Me Too. And some of it stems from harassment in the workplace. And so if you want to um, make sure that you aren't part of the problem of that, you'll stop talking about the way that women look at work. And then know that like when you're friends with someone or if it's your significant other, complimenting them on the way they look is lovely. So this isn't, I'm not, because I know what, you know how like sometimes you talk about this stuff and men and women are like, or like, you just can't win. Like women want to be told that women want to feel beautiful, but then you can't tell them. And how am I supposed to know? And context, just Mm -hmm. read the situation. If it's a professional setting where we're talking about people's professional achievements, their personal life or the way that they look probably shouldn't come into it. And maybe you should save that for someone who you're actually friends with or lovers. And I'm just going to unpack it a little further when it comes to the young people that we get to interact with. You know, I'm a teacher, so I spend time with adolescents and teenagers in the classroom. And when praise comes to how someone looks, it also starts to they equate that with their value and what they're worth. And so if someone's putting in a tremendous amount of effort and they're and they're gaining, whether it's in, you know, reading or in critical thinking and the compliment is on 
you know, the recent change to their hair color or how they look so fit or it's not fair because it's not in the right context. It's perfectly okay, again, to provide those compliments and to acknowledge people, but we want to praise things that relate to intelligence and effort. And it's, you know, I think it's problematic. And so I think it's one of those things, again, that we were bringing to the to the table. Public service. You know, Jillian, and I'm just so glad that you found your voice. Oh, Ugh. vomiting teeny bit in my mouth. I'm so glad that you found your voice. Yeah, you know what? I fucking had it all along. Mm. You just weren't listening and didn't make any space for it. I kind of hope the person who most recently said this to me is listening because maybe it'll be a way that they could learn from this scenario because that's exactly what will happen if you're told we're so glad you found your voice, you've had it all along, you have it right now, but it's a matter of have you been denied the space and the access to use it? And as women, I think we're faced with that often. So glad you finally spoke up for yourself. Yeah, because you shut up for a fucking second and let me. Exactly. And this this is one of those things where it's really tricky because people really do use this in a complimentary manner to say that they really appreciate hearing your voice, but it's so condescending as if you haven't ever spoken before or as if everything that you've said, perhaps quietly or not in their presence, isn't validated. And I'm just going to go back to like women are powerful. Women have had a voice. It's just whether or not you've been listening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on to number nine for us. This goes along with me of like, oh, women are empowered. So people use the word empowerment and they also mean that in a very positive manner. But so we could like break this down academically. We could go back to like where it first, you know, came into the scene in the 1980s. And I won't go there. You can Google that if you want to. But here's the thing. Empowerment means that somebody is doing something to you. You've been empowered by X, Y, or Z. So someone or something is doing something to you, which is the exact opposite of actually being in power. And one thing that I like to say, and it's fascinating to say this and see the look on people's faces. So you can say this in front of people or post it on Facebook and see how people respond. But just listen to the difference here. Empowered women, women in power. People are afraid of the latter. People are afraid of women being in power. But empowered women is safe because it means that someone else is still calling the shots. So rather than calling me an empowered woman, let's just use a different adjective. You can just call me a woman too, but I'm not empowered, nor do I empower other people because I'm not doing anything for them. I'm going to go with powerful woman. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to accept that. Jillian. I mean, this is, was a new one for me and I've, I've kind of had to battle with this over the last few months as, um, you know, things are physically changing. Don't tell someone who tells you that she's pregnant. You, know, you want to be careful. You gave the example of, you know, asking someone if they're pregnant when they're not, they could be overweight. Yeah. But if they share with you openly, yeah, I'm four five months pregnant. You don't say to them, you don't even look pregnant. It's not a compliment. So, so tell us why, because I think a lot of people are like, wait a second, but as a woman, we're supposed to strive to be super skinny. And so the fact that you look skinny and we can't see your baby, I'm complimenting you. What's the problem here? Well, I want to look pregnant. I am pregnant. I'm like nurturing a small human inside of me. Alien. It's, um, Alien. Yeah. They do. No, no offense. Okay. None taken. Okay. Um, and she can hear you right now, by the okay. way. Well, 
I'm, yeah. send, I'm sending love rubs <laughs> underneath the table. Um, but you want to, especially if you've just shared it, you're you're sharing it. You're like openly happy to have your body go through this physical change. It's designed to do it. You're sharing your body with another being that you're already in love with. And so when someone's like, well, you don't even look pregnant, it's a very odd way because it goes back to what you said because prior to being pregnant, I didn't have a stomach. My breasts didn't look like this. And right now I'm totally embracing these changes. They look really I'm Okay. They look really good. Yeah. <laughs> they look really good. I've been, yeah, good job. Um, And, you know, and so it's like this way where you're like, it could, you could say to someone, you look so beautiful pregnant. That's fine. How do you feel? You could talk, you know, and you, you can also change the subject. This is another thing I'll share out with there is just because you're pregnant doesn't mean it's the only thing that you think and talk about all the time. And that's something if you're with a friend who's pregnant and she's trying to change the subject because you're still talking about it. That's kind of the, the, the pregnant mama's way of being like, yes. I'm done talking about my very personal private things with you right now. Absolutely. I'm assuming, right? Absolutely. Is that kind of where it's coming yeah. from? Yeah. So that's kind of a, maybe a different PSA to do of reading those um, those social cues or some of those. Um, this was my third attempt to change the subject. And you're asking me again what kind of stroller I'm going to get? I think... In the, so in the future, we're going to talk a lot about mom and babies. I'm sure this is going to, and I'm very excited to participate in that conversation and learn from it since I know not a lot about either. Okay. So I'm going to close this out with number 10. Who out there has been complimented with, you ski so well for a girl, you boat so well for a girl, you rot like, wow. Or, you know, you um, imagine those days when you're like, you know, coming down the run or around the turn and you take the helmet and goggles off and people realize for the first time that you actually are a woman and they're surprised that that's you. That's, once again, I understand that you are having a moment in which you are feeling joy, that you're seeing women excel at something. But when you phrase it in the sense of you're so good for A, it's as, it's as if women aren't expected to be good at any of those things, when actually we are quite good at them. And one thing that I always think about is that you know, uh, Malcolm Glad Gladwell talks about this 10,000 hours thing to become an expert. And I know that that's people have said like, oh, it's not 10,000 hours it's X, Y and Z different episode. But um, imagine if you are a boy and you're socialized that you should be involved in sports and your parents start you off when you are, say, two or three. And then throughout all of, you know, all these years as you're growing up, you're participating in more athletic activities or you're on this, you know, you start skiing when you're two, but young girls aren't being socialized in the same way. And so maybe they're not starting to ski or to participate in any sort of athletic sports until they're like 10 or 12. We're talking about like potentially decades lost between the amount of time that young boys and young girls are actually being able to put towards anything physical. And to me that until we can overcome that and really understand that boys and girls are actually having the same opportunities from a really young age. That's one reason why we have seen more men on the slopes. Um, and there's also like, I'm sure a lot of people have been seeing um, what just came out recently in Powder Magazine around their photo annual that only had one woman. And so a lot of questions were posed, you know, is it because women aren't as interesting to look at or is it because they're wearing the wrong thing or is it because we don't have enough women who are photographers? But this surprise 
that women do something well in the outdoors or physically. Not a compliment. Not a compliment. So that's 10, right? I think that it might, we kind of snuck in at 11 with the, when you tell someone, ask someone if they're pregnant when they really have just like had a big lunch. So I think we got 11 in, but those are the top 10 things that should not come out of your mouth when speaking to a woman in 2018 or ever. Now, we know we missed a lot. We only did 10, maybe 11. Um, We would love to hear from you. So what are the ridiculous things that people have said to you that should never, ever be said again? I'd love to put together a long, long list and then we can share it with people. And then maybe that means like I would drink less possibly if like less dumb shit was said to me. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm thinking that's an invitation to you listeners. Email us. You can give us a short vignette. You can just give us the in the quotes, please. I would, you know pay to never hear this come out of someone's mouth again and we'd love to feature it on the air and we look forward to hearing from you today's episode was recorded at the reno collective you too can record your podcast and co-work from here so stop on by and say hello remember there are two lips to every labia